So you light bold red wine most of the time With notes of fig and raisin You like a cold brew and pitching horseshoes As the sun is fading You like football games and dishing out nicknames With Godfathers 1 and 2 But not so fast, we got them podcast We like that too we like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. Hey, Bon Vivants, welcome. We have missed you. I'm Brad Jones with the We Like That Too podcast. And of course, joining me is the head Bon Vivant himself, Mr. Keith Inlow. Welcome, everyone. And uh, you may be able to tell from the timbre of our voice that we are not in the Bon Vivant International Media Center. We are once again in the Chateau Inlow Rathskeller. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who want to know the definition of Rathskeller, you have to listen to a prior episode. So. That's right. I like it here because it's really close to your bar so i mean it's got that going for it it does yeah and it's nice and you can look yeah. outside we, you do know, have a, and, we do have a good view outside here it's uh, absolutely a little different uh sound quality but that's okay we'll deal with it we've we'll done we've it. done one outdoors with pilots flying overhead so we're, we're good. pilots uh we did it in the uh lab and down yeah, in herman that was an echo in the, chamber in the wine lab down yeah. at uh yeah stonehill sound <laughs> reverberating <laughs> off of beakers yeah but as yeah, long so. as long as our beloved bon vivants can hear that's us right. and that's right and hang on our, our every word we're and, in great shape and hang on to your hats because we've got a great show coming up today we are excited about today's guest we do we have a wonderful guest today we have a real live we have a singer, professional musician songwriter yeah. he's done he's choir director and I, band yeah I mean, instrumentalist i mean he has done a little bit when i read his bio i had no idea how far back his musical pedigree went uh, like zero yeah, <laughs> like he was born. He was born into it. He was born into it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Mr. Ray Cardwell. Ray, welcome to the show, hey, man. Thanks, Brad and Keith. I appreciate it. We have been wanting to work this out for a while. We're glad you finally got off the road and could uh, come by, uh, taking a break in the tour. And we'll talk about the tour you're on here in a minute. We want you to be able to promo that and tell the folks all about it. But, we had to uh, wait till you had you had uh, you know built up some more good stories too. So yeah. you know, it's life experiences <laughs> and stories that we love here on the old we like that too podcast so there That's it right. is there it is so ray is uh well at least we know him as a local guy he hasn't lived in uh central missouri his whole life but that's where we got to know him certainly and um in music and theater circles and have a lot of common friends so we have looked down upon ray several times <laughs> because yeah, we he's, played, upon he, he's played in the pit and thank God for the people that play in the pit. We well, are right. the most uncelebrated parts of, of community theater. The people that give up their time to come and uh, well, thank God and for play the people for the that shows. can conduct them and can lead them because that is That's not right. a simple matter either. Well, it's I nice thought, to still, still see pits because a lot of people use tracks. I know, and tracks are the it's thing It's got to be the whole ensemble, though. I mean, that's what makes it special. It is. It's hard to get. I talked to a musical uh, director this morning. We had a meeting, and uh, it's very difficult to put an orchestra together these days. It um, is. T- just time for rehearsal, if nothing else. Yeah. Schedules are crazy, but... Uh, 
it's still a lot it's still a, a beautiful sound when you can do it so. oh it is and i think there's i think it just enhances the um the experience you know ray i i'm on the board at the lyceum oh uh-huh i never knew they had live music until i got on the board the pit is actually below the stage there's a <laughs> there's a room right directly below the stage and then they use a, a video camera and they've got and a they little tv in. and they, yeah. you can so everybody yeah. on stage can see the director up there but uh yeah that's not, and that's not uncommon in in uh, professional theater that they have video monitors and you watch the director through the monitor they're not really right there in front of you so. right well so it's a controlled environment where you yeah. can actually mix it well you know, um, and also I did things like that when I worked cruise ships. Oh yeah, and yeah, we would be behind a wall when they yeah. do the hydraulics and the move. It was a big production, so yeah, we cool. wouldn't want to be out on stage. We thought we might catch up to Ray in Nashville because before he went on the road, uh, he was uh, you were doing a lot of stuff down in Nashville, right? Yeah, I you know I've lived in Nashville um, a couple different times. Um, once in the 90s and then here just recently. Um, I moved back in 18, but um, I, I go there a lot. I mean, that's where you go to get things done. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, we're just six hours away from it. Yeah, it's not and a bad drive. That's Yeah, you can get up at 5 or 6 in the morning and catch an afternoon session. Yeah. I mean, so it's no big deal. It's, yeah. uh, it's very easy and... A little more affordable to live here. Yeah. <laughs> and the traffic is a lot no better. Dash, no Nashville's exploded. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. it's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. Keith's, it Keith's kids live out okay. in Franklin, so yeah. um, it's, yeah. It's fun, but, but it's uh, it's a booming place, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, it's just strikingly different from when I lived there in, from 93 to 96, because Nobody would go downtown. The Ryman was closed. They had to run bums out of there every night and pigeons. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. yeah. And there was the only places that you went to had three X's on them, and, um, and you didn't want to go by yourself. <laughs> well, Tootsie's yeah. was yeah. still there. It, it was. <laughs> but it was not a good place to not, go hang out like it is now. Not right? safe after yeah. dark, yeah. No, yeah. not yeah. at all. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. So, Ray, um, let's, let's go back. First of all, let's, let's get this in order. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. We want to hear Ray's story, but I want to, I want I'm kind of anxious to introduce this, this beverage that we're drinking today. I am, I am excited about you introducing it. It's a little different. It's tasty. It's well, I, I'm pretty pleased with it. Um, and I'm going to have to go back. We will post the recipe on. <laughs> you don't on remember how you made it. Yeah, but I'm going to have to go back because I, <laughs> you know me, I, I'm, I kind of put together about three different ideas. But when we talked to Ray about, you know, what he liked to drink and stuff, he, he said, let's do a summer, uh, a summer alcohol free cocktail. And we've been wanting to do that anyway. So yep. it works out perfectly. So what we have today is a blend of. A virgin margarita and a virgin Paloma. Now, I've never heard of a Paloma before. I don't know what Paloma is. I do know that it is a Spanish for dove. Una Paloma Blanca. Remember? It's a Slim Whitman song. That means Una Paloma Blanca is one white dove. So I know Paloma is Spanish for dove. So this is a, um, it is lime juice, lemon juice, uh, some simple syrup, Mm -hmm. and some guava nectar. And then a little bit that of... That makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fancy. Yeah. But, no, you can get it in the grocery store. It's easy to find. Uh, and then a little bit of orange juice, splash of orange juice, and then top it off, finish it off with Fresca. 
And then I did a salted rim and put a lime in it, squeezed a lime into it. So, what do you guys think? I, it's it's great. It I looks really, it kind of yeah. looks like a classic margarita. It does have a margarita look, but um, it's got a whole lots of other stuff going on in there. I was afraid I it mean, might be too sweet, but it's not overly sweet. Mm-mm. And one of the recipes that I saw, although I salted the rim, suggested putting actual salt into the mix. I did not do that. I think there's enough salt. You on don't the rim. need it. No. No, but uh, it's pretty refreshing. I think you could drink a lot of these out on the patio. It is, you know, in the sun we get by the pool, right? Yeah, yeah, we get our ninety-five degree days <laughs> with ninety-five percent humidity days here in the Midwest. Now, um, here's another variation I saw, but I did. I tried it on a sample, but I was not impressed with the results. Float a little uh, cranberry or grenadine on top of it to yeah, make a, you give it a, a little color, sunrise look. Yeah, yeah. but it didn't. Help the flavor, so I I left that out. But that's an option, you know. Play with it. Well, you put grenadine in it, then you're then you're going for the cherry coke looking kind of thing. Yeah, so it is going to at least a in the picture. It's it gonna, had a uh, it would definitely tequila sunrise look. It you know you let it float down and it sweeten it up if you put yeah. The grenadine. It doesn't need to be any sweeter I, in my I, opinion. I think it's got a little bit of bite to it, and I think it's really really good. And it's something, well, there you go. And it's something you could you could mix up a whole pitcher of and the whole family and the you kids. Certainly and, could do that. Now I squeezed. Fresh limes and lemons. So if you've got a half a day, you can squeeze a pitcher full of those. <laughs> They're kind I, of small. You know, I, did enough, I did enough for three, uh, or a juicer. You need a juicer. Mm, yeah. I did enough for three cocktails or mocktails, and so uh, uh, I don't suggest, maybe you want to buy your bottled lemon and lime juice. I don't know. Well, one of them call for for grapefruit juice also. I'm not oh. a grape. No, I think that would be. I just don't like grapefruit juice. I don't juice. either, so it, that's why I, I didn't go that grapefruit? way. Juice guy? No, I think yeah. it's just a little too. Uh, I don't know. It's got too much bite to it. Yeah, it does. It overpowers everything. Yeah, so anyway. definitely. <laughs> so we're going to call this the Paloma. Let's name it. What should we name it? Um, Paloma Keith. <laughs> I was going to name it after Ray. The Paloma Ray. The Paloma Ray. Ray. Paloma Ray. Only spell Ray. it. Only spell it R A E. Like Paloma Ray. Like it's a middle name. There you go. All right. Just to give it that European flair. Okay. That's fine. All right. There we go. There we go. Bobby Vons. Let's talk to Ray now. I know. All right. <laughs> I want to talk about how he got started. I do too. Because, because your early, your early days are, I want to hear about are, this family you, background. You've got the DNA, man. Yeah. Let me tell you. Tell us about your family down in the uh, – where you were raised, how you got your, got your family, got you into this business. Well, you know, I – I come from a long line of musicians. We can actually go back five generations. Um, oh, wow. My great-great-grandfather came in covered wagon from the Cumberland Gap to Mincy, Missouri, which is right below um, Branson, almost on the Arkansas border. And he was a postmaster and a glee club director. So he was a choir director. Well, wow. look at that. And he played the fiddle, too. Yeah. And uh, and then he moved from the Cumberland Gap with another family, and they started a fresh... They were northern sympathizers. And he went and joined the Union Army in Rolla. And he fought in the whole war and did not get wounded or anything. So that's wow. very fortunate. Yeah. Um, he fought at the... I know this isn't about music. 
But uh, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> our Bond Vivants love all things entertaining. <laughs> that's, so. that's right. That's a good story because we're entertaining and educational. That's yes. Right. He um, he fought at Wilson Creek Battlefield in yeah. Springfield. Yeah, it's a and, national historic site. Yeah. Right, and that was when the first uh, General Lyon got killed. That was the first um, general, Union general, that got killed. And he wrote a poem about it that was three pages pages long. And he's a scriptwriter. Yeah, and it's just beautiful. And I've got it written out, but uh, it's on. Um, it's in the archives right. at the place there. But oh, wow. Kind of cool. And his son was a well-known fiddle player that would walk around um, from Arkansas and Missouri and the Ozarks and play at barn dances all weekend. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, everybody uh, everybody played music. It's something cool. I just I just thought everybody did. Yeah. And, you and, know? and then you're and then there's mom and dad. Yeah. yeah and so they're yeah, and they're doing show. This is before Branson was Branson. Yeah, my dad had a show there from '66 to '68, and it was at a place called Jesse James Confusion Hill, and it was like an old fort outside of it, and um, there was only four other shows there then. Oh wow! Yeah, the Presleys, Presleys, the Bob Lovers, Presleys, yeah. um, the Foggy River Boys, and the Plummer Family. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And then my dad was Marvin Cardwell and the Ozark Country Boys, and they would do well. It's called classic country now, but it was in the sixties. So, sure it, it was the country. Yeah. It was real country then. <laughs> and then he had some uh, bluegrass musicians playing with him too. So they yeah. always did some. Some bluegrass. So stuff. did they? Did they go on the before they settled down? Then in Branson, did they do the Texas circuit? Did they play in Texas then? Or you know, my my dad did not. He uh, he played regionally. That was about it. Okay. Now I'm about as far as my ancestors. They probably did. Yeah. You know, um, but no. Dad didn't tour too much. Because um, I was kind of wondering if he hooked up with, like, Bob Wills or, or uh, Bill Monroe. or Well, he, he hooked up with Bill Monroe. Uh, we bumped into him. We played at a festival with with him. My dad collected antique instruments, and he had a Gibson that was um, F2 mandolin that was made in 1905. And he played it in the show. And, and Bill walked up to him and... And um, picked it up and played it, and he said, "That's a mighty fine mandolin there." And he goes, "I'll give you twelve hundred dollars for it." And my dad said, "I'll take back my mandolin, sir." <laughs> <laughs> and then on that, just well, the glamorous side of things, he um, he walked by my mom and said, "You're a pretty fine woman there." And then he walked by my oldest sister and said the same thing to her. So, <laughs> so well, there's there the Bill Monroe story. So, huh? He lowballed my dad for the mandolin, mandolin <laughs> and then hit on my mom and my yeah. sister. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not around to refute that. So yeah, I think you're good. <laughs> You've appreciated a fine figure in more ways than one. Huh? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Good old so, Bill. Where were they located then in Branson? Did they, did they have their own? They had their own place. Then? Yeah. Um, um, well, it was outside, so we didn't. It was oh, just okay. when the theater started. That's when people had made the tin sheds, you know, theaters. And a guy actually came up and offered to build a theater for my dad and to do the show there and my dad said it's too saturated <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's the line of the show so Bobby Branson Vons. is too shy yeah. for those so of you Bobby Vons, if you don't know Branson Missouri is uh Back then, four shows. Now there's probably 400 shows down there, and uh, and it's actually receding now. It's it's kind of well, actually, it's, it's on the rise. Is it, it's is it coming on the rise back again. Yeah. It kind of went yeah. down. It, 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 it receded because yeah. I I lived in Springfield when it was at its 
its first peak. Uh-huh. And you could not swing a dead cat without hitting a show. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and or a resort and or a hotel. They were all going in down there. So it's a national destination. It is. And, and there's a lot to be said for it. There's a lot of really extremely good musicians there. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We opted out. And went to Silvadar City, yeah. and we played there during their festivals for a couple of years and sure. stuff. And and so we we were my sisters and I were, were like, Dad, why did you do that? You know. But then in the late eighties, when all the big names came in and all the mom and pop places went under, I think my dad made a good choice. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they he they did. just got pushed out. He did you know? because yeah, yeah they yeah <laughs> the, some of those some of those families that you mentioned, which. I think would be on the Mount Rushmore of of, of Branson. You know, yeah. they were the ones that really started it. Yeah, uh, the, the, they Presley, were the ones the, that had the hardest time when you had, you know, Mel Tillis, and then you had Andy, Andy Williams, Williams, and yeah, you had yeah. all the all, all the big names Roy came Clark, in. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the the uh, the Presleys and the Bald Numbers were probably the two that survived. The Bald uh, Numbers have not. Well, They're but going. I mean, they did for a long time. Yeah, but, the Presleys yeah, are still just, going. Yeah, Tony Orlando came in. Tony you Orlando. know. Yeah. Um, the Osmonds had a place the down Osmonds. there. Jim uh, Stafford. Jim yeah. Stafford. Yeah. yeah. Mickey Gilly. Mickey Gilly. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, there's it's you know, some big names came in. When Andy came in, it legitimized it as an international thing, I I believe. Yeah. Because it wasn't just a it country took a little, hillbilly took a little, show. Yeah, it, it just took a little of the country edge yeah. off of it. And, you know, there was right. other, other things. And, you know, you, if you didn't like country music, you could go see Andy. Right. And, and, so, and you also had some big-name <coughs> magicians down there. You had other things than Absolutely. just music. You That's had some right. big-name magicians that were going in there. There were a uh, couple of big theaters that were doing uh, mega productions. Well, well, Shepherd of the Hills was always down there, but it... It, I think probably it helped Shepherd the Hills business. Oh well, uh, it but did. You did some high, of these, high tide lifts all ships. Yeah, you know, and, and then, yeah. um, some of these, uh, you know, Noah's Noah's Ark, uh, these big, huge mega productions that have animals and everything in them. Uh, right. Those things are selling out. So, oh yeah, absolutely, and it's just been packed. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's interesting how it's changed because in the eighties. Um, I worked there um, at Echo Hollow at Silver City with um, on Rodney Dillard's uh, from the Dillard's and the Andy Griffith Show, the Dillard yeah. family. Yeah. The Garlands. Yeah, they're from Salem, Missouri. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, and uh, I worked there on the crew. And the peak season then was from July until um, Labor Day weekend. That was peak. Now it has flip flopped. Christmas is what it's all about. That's a huge, huge, huge Christmas numbers. at Silver Dollar City. When we right. lived in Springfield, was a do not miss. Yeah, you always went to Christmas at Silver Dollar City. Gorgeous. They decorated the place up. Their theater yeah. shows are just top notch. Yeah. Too yeah. that it's a wonderful life and the well, Christmas story. Well, you're right. The talent. The the musicianship and the talent down there is is top notch. There are so many good musicians it is. down there. I ran into guys. I ran into guys um, in Nashville all the time that have worked in Branson too. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's gonna pay your dues somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so true. what got you? Oh, so what was the next step for you after Silver Dollar City and the family gig? Where'd you go next? Oh, I did the hardest thing I ever did in my life, and that was leave the family band. <laughs> did that cause uh, some uh, discussion? It was. Oh yeah, it was tough. But I mean. My sisters, we were singers, and and my sisters had all the pretty songs. My dad didn't like me to sing rounder songs. So really, unless it was a comic relief song, I really didn't have that many songs to sing. And I wanted to sing more. Um, All right, so what's a rounder song? uh, a, A player. 
like um, fooling around songs. Okay, all right, know, all right. A guy that's a ladies' yeah. man. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> okay. So my dad didn't want me to sing songs like that. <laughs> he didn't think it was proper. So <laughs> okay, I was raised pretty. You know, That's, it was the, the, I, the belt. I, I get it. Yeah, you know, it's the buckle of the belt. Is what yeah, it, is. yeah, it absolutely is. Um, and um, I wanted to do my own thing, so I um, dropped out of Drury University and moved promptly within a year. Moved to Hollywood with a new wave band out of Springfield called Resonance, and um, we. We actually did some good things, and we survived in Hollywood for a while. And we there was a thing called a Battle of the Basement Tapes, and it was an MTV first came out. Yeah, and it was unsigned bands, and you would make your own videos. I remember that show. We won yeah. two rounds of those on wow. videos. Yeah, so wow, it was cool. And 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 the weird thing is, we were. I mean, I was. I turned 19 when I lived in Hollywood. Wow. I would never let my son go. To, I, I just want to say that right now. Yeah. And I lived a block off of Hollywood Boulevard. I, I was at the end of Orange Drive where I lived was um, the Chinese theater. Right. Yeah, and then on this side was the Magic House on Franklin. Okay. So, I mean, I was right. You were, you, were in the heart of, you were in the heart of the hurricane right there. Yeah, I wasn't in Kansas anymore. No. <laughs> All or you had Branson. To, yeah. yeah. All you had to do was walk out your door, and you figured that out real quick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it was a really good opportunity. There was there was six of us living in a one-bedroom apartment. What oh, years gosh. would this have been? 83 and 84. Okay, okay. so yeah. that was the beginning of the MTV era then. Yeah. Right, break yeah. dancing was a big thing, you yeah. know. People were like, weren't gangs bad? In it? It's like, you know, the only gangs carried around cardboard boxes. Yeah. And, and, and they had beat boxes. And boom boxes, yeah. And they, yeah. Would, they, would, they would battle on the cardboard to see yeah. who had the better break dancer. <laughs> break dancing, you know, and, and that was it. It was before, you know, gangs. That's funny. And, and and crack, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it wasn't too bad. I mean, yeah. eh, it was rough, but you know. Um, so where were some of the places that you guys played? Then uh, did you play the strip, or I did. You play? I did. Um, we played at a place um, called the Kit Kat. That's I can't believe I'm mentioning that. <laughs> but uh, but the Chili Peppers played there too. They were in the trenches then. Oh, and, I've, heard um, the, I've heard of the Kit Kat. The Kit Kat. Yeah. It's a strip club well, <laughs> that's right. we won't tell anyone but they would have live bands playing between do you, sure. Ray do you think you're really the only one that's ever played <laughs> band at a strip joint I don't think so you know, uh, I don't know if I know. would let my kid go to Hollywood much less play at a strip uh, <laughs> it may be a little counter to your upbringing yeah. is what you're saying it was. There's, um, there's a couple of good documentaries about like the whiskey a go-go and stuff oh, and like the that troubadour, the, and the troubadour um, yeah. back in that era when they were really being built up and a lot of young and up-and-coming bands and stars were getting their breaks at those clubs. Did you play right. the whiskey? I, I did play the whiskey. I played the Central, and um, I played Madame Wong's, um, the Palladium. We played at oh, the Palladium. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, I played uh, – There was I was telling you, there were six of us living in an apartment, and we were – we were just like out of money, out of food, and we had like three days to go before one of us got paid. And and we took, uh, I took my saxophone and the other guy in the band uh, played trombone and keyboards. So we took the horns out onto the boulevard and turned on a little Casio yeah. and played along. And we made like 150 bucks in 30 minutes. And this guy said, I need a horn section for my band. Here's my number. I'll have a cab come pick you up and we can practice. And he was legit. His name was Jack Lee. And he was a member of um, a power pop band called The Nerves. And he wrote songs for Blondie, Pat Benatar, Neil Young, um, Paul Young. And it, 
couple of, I mean, he's a really famous songwriter, and he would do songwriter showcases. So I immediately was playing Club Lingerie. There's another one. Wow. And in all these major places. And I was 19. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even know what you didn't know. No, yeah. no. It was, a, it was a, a really good stroke of luck. And, and I often wonder, you know, what if, if I would have stayed out there. Um, yeah, but isn't it interesting how something busking on the street corner gets you noticed? Absolutely, by somebody who's legit in the business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. want to suck. Yeah, yeah. Oh. and you got to sell it. You yeah. know, the timing's everything. Though it right? is. Yeah. I mean, it was packed. We had good crowds, and we and we ate like kings. You know, until somebody go. got paid. So. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so you're in California. Okay, what's, what's your next move? I moved back with the band. The guys were. Missing, missing Springfield, yeah, and 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 Hollywood in L.A. was just so weird. You had to have a, a guest list of at least a hundred people to play at these places, and they would have three bands play, and and that way they would have guarantee that those people are showing up, and you would have a good crowd. Okay, and so like we're from Missouri, you know, we don't know how, anybody. How can you scrape together a hundred people? Yeah, our manager was brilliant. He went and got the help wanted ads, and all these guys looking to join bands. He called him up and said, hey, man, we're looking for a guitar player. Can you come out and check us out? I'll put oh, you on the list. That is brilliant. He called 100 people, and they showed up. That's brilliant. And we were in. You know, that, that was really smart. I bet that only, old, that only worked once, though, right? Only once. The yeah. old bait like, and switch. Like, yeah. Like, wait a minute. <clears throat> they look like they got everybody to me. I don't That's know. Yeah. <laughs> you remember some of the bands that you were on the marquee with? While you were out there, eighties hair band, band guys. You know, I, well, since we were new wave punk, we didn't we didn't hang out with the metal guys. Uh, you know, that was oh. they were the anti oh, oh, them. Yeah, and they were just starting to come on strong. When, and that was, I mean, new wave was over by then. So, but um, it, you know, L.A. Guns was really big then, and there was a band called Wasp that was oh, yeah. big metal stuff. Um, and it was before Axel and them all. Li- they lived with it. If I would have stayed, they lived in the same neighborhood. So, oh, really? Yeah, but you know, I'm I'm not a metal guy. That would have been an even rougher neighborhood then. It yeah, would have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. no doubt, no doubt. Um, but I moved back to Springfield and played in a couple different bands, a couple rock bands. Um, uh, a country band and you know just did surviving and working the circuit a little bit kind of went to school here and there so you playing horns at this point or you I was playing keys and saxophone keys and, then, saxophone, and I was okay. lead singer yeah and okay then, and uh, I switched to bass yeah because that's not what you're playing right no, now no well since I was a band director I have to play all the instruments right. in the band right. at least to a junior high level yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just have to be better than Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be better than the sixth chair. Yeah, the sixth chair. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So walk us through the transition from performing to educational music oh, education. Well, that happened later in the late nineties. Um, when did the cruise ship thing work in there? Oh well, that was in two thousand five, six, oh, two thousand six. Okay. Yeah. Uh, chapter four. <laughs> Don't <laughs> read ahead, Brad. Brad, we're not there yet. Don't Shut read up. ahead, Brad. Okay, I'll try my um, my mocktail. Well, it was you know the late nineties were really rough. I, I mean, I was playing with some really good bands. Warmed up for like um, 
Allison Krauss Ooh, warmed up. And I've known Allison since she was really young. You know um, Allison? You know Allison? Well, I don't have her number, and she's not my Facebook friend. But when I see her, she talks to me. So. Rhonda, Rhonda Vincent. I know Rhonda. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, well, we'll, we'll talk later. We'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> we like to know people who know people, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I get it. You know, I played in a bunch of successful bands. We'd tour around through the Midwest. Um, warmed up for the Romantics. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I was that. in a band called Ray and the Guns. And then we, <laughs> Ray and, and the we were Guns. We were power pop rockabilly. I yeah. love I love band names. Band yeah. names is one of my one too. of my deals. Oh. You know, sometimes record names are, are pretty good, but band names are are one names. of my things. Yeah, because as I, as I told Keith, you know, they either have a really good story or they have no story whatsoever. They just said they walked a into a studio and go, yeah, it's a fluke. Uh, <laughs> what are we going to call ourselves? <laughs> we, we we don't have a band name. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> the, my favorite band name was Elvisaurus and the Swivel Rockers. <laughs> All right. Say it again. Elvisaurus and the Swivel Rockers. <laughs> and we would have this T-Rex with an Elvis pompadour All right, so as our backdrop. We've, we've got a connection here that I just thought of. What's that? Remember Mike Nash's story about when they were playing and they got in the green room and this band came in to the green room and thought it was all theirs and was really shitty to them. Oh, yeah. And kicked them out. That was the Romantics. It was the Romantics. That was the Romantics. Really? Yeah. yeah. So Mike Nash. Do you know Mike Nash? Uh, what was the? He's a trop rocker guy. Yeah, and, but uh, but he played in a Nashville band for a long time called um, something Soul. What, what? I don't know. I don't remember the name. I'm sorry. He grew up in Nashville. Yeah, he's a Nashville guy. Yeah, mm. but he is a trop rocker guy now. And and but when his band was playing the circuit, they got put in a green room. And I guess the Romantics were uh, the headliner. Yeah. And when they came off stage, I guess thought that these guys didn't belong in their green room and treated them <laughs> and unceremoniously, you know, booted them out. And so, yeah. So he didn't think much of the Romantics. <laughs> <laughs> you know, bands get really um, they're territorial and they like to have their own space before yeah. they play. Yeah. And that's what I found, but. You know, the Romantics were really nice to us. We warmed up for them at the Regency, a place that I lived at practically for three or four years in the 80s. Um, and they came through there, and they liked us so much they asked us to um, play with them throughout the Midwest. So we played with them in Illinois and Missouri and Kansas and Oklahoma. And uh, I'm, I'm sure they're fine guys. I'm, I'm sure, sure they're, they're fine, fine They were really nice. That, you know, everybody, I, everybody has their days, right? Yeah. yeah so. All right, so you're touring around the Midwest. <clears throat> I am, um, and like I said, I was kind of—I was on a 25-year plan for my college education. <laughs> <laughs> kind of in and out. Yeah, that makes, yeah. Actually, that makes me feel really good. I like to go in and go in and visit every now and then. I was on the six-year plan, so I feel really good. So I, I was playing around. Um, I warmed up for remember Ten Thousand Maniacs. Yes. Yeah, Natalie yeah. Merchant. Yeah, I warmed yeah. up for her in cool. Kansas City at Parody Hall. Um, there's just so many bands, and it was a good run. Uh, warmed up for Matt Guitar Murphy. Matt the, Guitar yeah. Murphy. Yeah, Blues Brothers. I yeah. don't know Matt Guitar Murphy. Yeah, oh man, was, yeah, he was a uh, him and Steve Cropper played Steve guitar. Cropper. Yeah. yeah, they were part of the Blues Brothers band. Okay. Yep, and Coco Taylor, too, Coco so. Taylor. But yeah, I had some fun times. I, you know, and I was just in and out of of school and playing gigs, and then 
I started doing sound work too, and that's when I was doing the Silver Dollar City thing with the with Rodney Dillard and worked there. And um, one of the one of my little semester flings that I went through because um, <laughs> I could never last more than a semester at Drury. Um, I met my uh, my former wife Leanne Warden, who's from Jefferson City. And I basically followed her back. I um, I got a job working at Main Street Opry at Lake of the Ozarks. Sure, yeah, yeah. And I worked there for two years, and um, and then we just—that's when we first got married. And uh, we lived here, and I drove back and forth. But you know, Tom and Sandy Gum are just—they're just the sweetest people in the world. And I had a really good time. Um, it's working always there. some girl, isn't it? Yeah. It's always a girl. <laughs> yep. That's why yeah, you. Learned, it was. That's, that's ultimately why you learned to play guitar, right? I mean, it was. That's why most guys. That's why learned. I was in choir. I'll choir. tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Target too. Yeah. Target rich environment. Yeah. What we call that. That's right. That's what theater and choir. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. That's that's how I always recruited for choirs. Like, yeah. dude, come on, you can sing, and the girls will like you because you can sing, and they outnumber you like five to one. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You look at your odds. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. That's right. That's so. Um, so uh, Main Street Opry, yeah, did that for a while, and then um, things got a little tough with the family. Everybody goes through hard times and stuff. And I lost my my brother in law, my sister, and my dad all within three years to cancer. Oh, gosh. oh wow! All three of them. And, and and it was Susan, my sister, was twenty nine. Oh no! Yeah, and man, she was a jewel. She was Evita at a candle or. Starlight Theater in yeah, Kansas City. Kansas City. Oh, yeah. wow. And she was P.P. Barnum at Little Theater in Springfield. I mean, she was she was a video director for Hallmark. Yeah. Oh. And she was a, a overachiever, and and we lost her way too soon. And yeah. then 14 months later, my dad passed, too. And and I just I stopped playing music for yeah. like two years. I was just like, you know, this is shook me to my core. Sure. And, um, and then I found that I was I was... Wanting to play bluegrass again, you know, and and then I got a call um, from Danny Roberts from New Tradition, a band on Brentwood Records out of Nashville, and they played on the Opry, and they, you know, very established, and uh, their singer songwriter Daryl Mosley, who's great, and we're really good friends, he was having some ro- some vocal problems, and he's going to have to step away for a while, and. Um, they said, well, we need a bass player singer. And he said, you play bass? I said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do me. you want me to play bass? Yeah. Typical musician answer. Yeah. yeah, there's no other way to answer that. Yeah. Well, yes, I can. <laughs> and I, um, I borrowed um, a bass from Wayne Johnson here in town. And um, I borrowed his bass and his little amp, and I learned those songs, and I drove to Nashville, and I got that gig. You know, and um, and it was great. And I worked with them for three years, and we did we did two hundred thirty shows a year. Wow, we a lot. You know, and we were gospel bluegrass, so we we played at festivals and we played at churches. So we play every day of the week. Yeah, and, and it was just you man. Did, we, you we, did you didn't take Sundays off, did you? No, no, no. We had blood on Monday duty. and Tuesdays. Double off. duty yeah. on Sundays usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was. You know, I cut my teeth playing with those guys, and and uh, and it was just a phenomenal band. Those guys met because they were all national champions on their instruments. 
So they could just play like lightning. And yeah. I, I just play bass, you know, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Here I go. I'm steady and not going to move, yeah. you know. <laughs> One in five and drive is what we call it. And they're, and they're smoking on their fiddles oh, and their mandolins. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm just, I'm the kick drum. Yeah. I'm keeping the it constant. Yeah. That's right. So, and I was thankful. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Um, so I did that for three years. Yeah. Um, Leanne got offered a job as the, um, well, she, uh, she worked with the Missouri Student Loan Program and, and, uh, she was the associate commissioner for the Missouri Student Loan Program and, and when she passed. And so she was there a long time and it was a good job. So we moved back from Nashville because I, they lived in Nashville. I did not. I lived on a tour bus, right. you know, and so I was gone so much. It didn't matter where, you know, I mean, like I said, we're six hours away. Yeah. So, it's not that big of a deal. You know, I'll sleep a little bit and then come home. And um, so I ended up just moving back here and, and being with the kids because we had our second kid. And, and boy, the boys are getting older now, aren't they? Yeah. Because our, our sons were Boy Scout, our Cub Scouts together. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. And we've known each other. We met. Back in the mid nineties, then yeah, um, then we did we did some we've all done shows with you in the right. pit at some yeah. point. Yeah. Well, and that's what things started changing was um, I I'd never I'd always had understudies. I never because I was like a a, a risk. <laughs> <laughs> because you know, if I got bored, I'd just disappear. You know, yeah, okay. and, and I, in high school, I was a late bloomer, mm-hmm. so I'd never really done any leads. And um, I saw that Capital City Players was doing Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, and I tried out for Jesus, and I got it, mm-hmm. and, and that was a blast. That was probably my most fun. That's a big, big role. It, it was is a heck of a one to start yeah. out with. Yeah, but um, you know, it's, I mean. I, it, it it was all singing. There was no lines. So yeah, well, it's an opera. I yeah, know. it's right. basically an opera. There's no spoken words. Right. Um, and and it was fantastic. It it was such a fun fun show. And uh, Michelle Van Hoos was was marrying that um, yeah. Mary Magdalene, and and she did a great job too. And it was it was a lot of fun. And then after that, David Gillespie, who was the the choir director at JC, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, he came up and and we had talked and met and stuff and he goes I want you to meet Dr. Robertson she's from Lincoln University and right. and um, Dr. Rob as we call her she came up to me and she said um, we'd like to offer you a full ride scholarship to be a music ed major at Lincoln University and I said let me think I'm 34 yes <laughs> <laughs> So and the higher ed continues. Yes, yeah. So it's back, back into the hitting this. But I did really good this time. Yeah, you know, I, my grade, my GPA was way better than the eighties. I just, if I met anybody in the eighties, I just apologize. <laughs> well, yeah. So you were teaching for a while. You, t- you I taught, taught band. You, I taught band and choir yeah, for fourteen yeah. years. For fourteen? I didn't yeah. know it was that long. I was at Halias yeah. for four. Okay. And then I went to Kickapoo for one year. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, that's my alma mater. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to be a prophet in your hometown. Yeah. <laughs> that's a different episode. Let me write that down. That's it's a great hard to, hard to be a prophet <laughs> in your hometown. Have you used that in a song yet? <laughs> you know? Write that down. There you go. That's I a lyric. I might do that. That's a lyric yeah. right there. Um, 
And then I went, I had to have a break from teaching. Um, and I went on a cruise ship for Holland America and spent two months in the Bahamas. Then we went through the canal and up the West Coast in two months in Alaska. On the- so you were one of their principal players then? I was playing in the pit. In the pit? Yeah. For their, for their, uh, I was a show band the variety, musician. The variety type right. show, yeah. So yeah. that meant you would have anybody from like West End, you know, um, from England, the, the Broadway there. Um, or you would have some guy from Nashville or you'd have a magician or a comedian, you know, and and uh, it, it was interesting. There was also a Beatle tribute band that was really great. Oh, that was really? a lot. Of fun. Oh, that'd be yeah. fun. Those are fun. But Do they had know? a Paul that played the band, that played the bass. So I went and played keyboards. Okay, yeah. but uh, yeah. it it was really a lot of fun. I I had to learn how to read a lot better than I could read already, and and I was okay. But not like this, you know. Now, now, did they use that numbering system like they use in Nashville, the studio system? No. Okay. No, it was all written Because that's a, that's a whole language of its own, right? It is, yeah. yeah. Well, it's been since, yeah. That's a whole other episode, too. It's called Movable Dough. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know much about it. I just know we, we talked to, well, I don't know if you know David Mosley. Yeah. Yeah, so David was on a radio show with us, and uh-huh. he told us about how... When he went to Nashville, he had to learn that. Right, that, yeah. That well, it makes system. a lot of sense, yeah. but yeah, yeah I, I can read the, the number system, yeah. no problem. But um, it, it was really good for me to play all different types of music. Like I said, sometimes we do full, we had a small cast of like four singers that could dance and six dancers that could sing mm-hmm. right? with backing tracks. <laughs> yeah, it's like community theater. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it is, and I tell you, you know, in the theater world, getting those. Uh, because you, you, it's an international uh, search right. uh, for those performers. Those are highly sought after, yeah. especially in the Eastern European countries. Those They're great jobs. jobs. Are They're great jobs. Yeah. Yeah. If you're young, single, and don't have any anchors or ties to anything, and you want to get into the entertainment industry, it's a great proving ground. Yeah, it's a good yeah. way to get you know do yeah. your woodshed. And it's a wood, you know? it's a boot camp. You know, oh, it's it is a boot camp. camp. Yeah, it is. And yeah. I lived in a like glorified glorified closet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That had a shower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't realize Keith till we took ours. How many other jobs and things that the yeah. performers are asked to do? I yeah, mean, they're also right. they're also the greeters. Yeah, and they, they you'll see they them do standing the around trivia contests, and they, yeah. I think they're all responsible for some of the goofy contests and stuff that they have on board. Well, so think, they did a I bunch think of other responsible stuff. for uh, the lifeboat stations. You know, yeah, that's what we had to do. Yeah. You, had, you had to have your little station, and yeah. you, know, you see them doing that stuff. We so. had to do the drills they yeah. were very diligent about it every yeah. week and um you know but that was we were the show band so we would play at least five hours every day yeah except wow. on the reloading dock and then we would only do a teaser show that night yeah um so it was you know from theater productions to a concert pianist to um, a magician where you just play you know see ta-da all night <laughs> And you play black magic as they come out, you know. So, ta-da. Do you get to change key once in a while? No, no. no that's funny. Ta-da. No, I can't do that. No. All right. So, I'm, before we get too far down the road, I want to hear about this latest tour because that's, you know, that's got to be exciting. It, it is really exciting. Tell us and, what and, you're doing. And we were really close. We were just two chapters away. But, oh, um, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I was at Fatima High School for seven years. All right. And um, I, 
I've got, I've always been a songwriter. I write a bunch and, um, I, I've got, I don't even know how many songs I've written. I just tons of them. And, and, um, there's a band called New Grass Revival and they actually had the hit with Colin Baton Rouge before Garth did. Okay. And they all sang on that video and on the recording. Um, and New Grass Revival was a band that I grew up with listening to religiously. It's, they were like the Beatles of bluegrass, and they okay. did rock-influenced bluegrass, which I love. Yeah. And their guitar player is Pat Flynn, and he wrote um, Do What You Gotta Do for Garth Brooks, sold like 8 million copies. And he, um, he met with me at my sister's house in Nashville in 2015, and, and he said, you know, I, I'd really like to produce your a record of you playing and i'm like well gosh this guy's legit you know i should really think about this somebody's asking you which is yeah yeah and i was like you know i'm 52 you know if i stay until i retire nobody's gonna want to see an old guy on stage and you know i should just this window's here i should do it i should because i've always taken chances obviously went to la when i was 18 you know (laughs) went on cruise ships when i was in my 40s was I thinking? But, uh, but, <laughs> but um, so I went for it, and I resigned, at, um, and I moved to Nashville without a record deal, and and I had money saved up, and I paid for the record myself, and we shopped it, and I got signed and picked up, and it just within the next four years, shameless self promotion, I had eighteen songs chart on bluegrass, Americana, and folk. I had four number one hits, and one of them was in the top five for six months. Nice. And so, that first album was Stand On My Own? No. No? Tennessee Moon. Tennessee Moon. Yeah. Okay. Ten songs off that first album charted, wow. which is just crazy. That doesn't happen. No, you know, it, that do- doesn't it doesn't. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. And then the second one um, was Stand On My Own. Okay. And that's when I got my first number one hit, which was All Right and um, Time to Drive. Which is a good video, by oh, the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, I like the video. Yeah. The other one I really liked was um, Hurricane Rain. Hurricane Rain. Yeah. But the one I loved the most was the um, new set of problems. New set of problems, yeah. New set of problems is is hilarious. <laughs> the, you know, anytime you can work a poker game into into your uh, yeah. your your song, it yeah. was, that's a good one. That was that video at the mission. That was shot at the mission. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, Do you like yeah. shooting videos? Is it you know? Is I, it fun or is it tedious? I, I or is do. It, I like it. Yeah, I'm former. I like it. You know. Yeah. You know, if you're ever shooting a video around here and you need two old guys that yeah sit Stand at a poker and, table, yeah, we can just yeah. we can sit there. I've been in the odd couple. We were just talking about that. I've been in the odd couple twice. So oh, yeah. I, I can sit there and yeah, I can drink beer and play poker. It's <laughs> go, go, with, you go with your strengths. You know that song. I love that song, and it's written by Soup Granda from uh, those Mountain Daredevils. Oh, very oh, yeah. good. Yeah, and he's a buddy of mine, and, and it's just a hilarious song. Um, but I'm glad that you, you actually researched and watched those. That's, I'm impressed. It was kind of fun. <laughs> Tennessee Moon, though, was the first one, though. Yeah. Okay. Tennessee. And that one only that made it to number three on the charts. Um, then so, Stand on My Own, and then you had Just, just a Little Rain. Just a Little Rain came out um, a year and a half ago. Okay. I had uh, one number one and uh, a couple in the top 15. Very so, good. It's been a good run, you know. Yeah, that's um, great. Congratulations. Thanks. And and 
We'll have to have another session because there's stuff coming up that is a big surprise that I can't talk about. But we'll do we'll do repeat just, guests. It's just, it's just us. Oh, yeah. come on! You can just, just you can whisper it in my cans here. We won't, <laughs> we won't tell a soul. Oh, there's just some well, future good. work coming out. Yeah, and and then the reason I brought up New Grass Revival was because uh, John, the lead singer, he and I became really good friends, and it's kind of odd because. I don't know if it's just because I knew every song they ever did, and I just mimicked my voice after him. But we sound very similar. We sound, and we look a, a lot alike too. And, and it's kind of weird, you know. Yeah. Um, but we've just become just great friends. And he has been playing bass and singing for the Doobie Brothers for like twenty years now. Wow. And and he's a great singer, killer singer, great bass player. Um, and I moved back from Nashville in 2018 because my former wife, Leanne, passed away of cancer. And, um, our old, our youngest is, uh, she was 13 at the time now. She's 17 now. And, uh, I didn't want to raise her in Nashville. Sure. You know, and I got family support here so I could still yeah. tour regionally. Yeah. Sure. Kind of focus on family for, you know, maybe a couple years. And, and, um, cause that's, I'm a family guy. You know, sure, family and, first. Yeah, absolutely. And and so I kind of just pulled back and and did the dad thing and loved on my kids and um, was substitute teaching at Fatima. Mm-hmm. And um, I was sitting there <laughs> at Christmas and they just hired me and, and and I love Fatima and I appreciate them and I've I've walked away from them twice so <laughs> I probably burned my bridges there but but I was just it's sitting there thinking. Events out there, Fatima. And Helias are both local high schools. Yes, where Ray taught. So yeah, yeah. Fatima is in Westphalia, yes. Missouri. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Helias is in Jefferson City. Um, so I was sitting there in class, and I'm like, "How did I end up back in front of these rotten kids?" <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> now, I love kids, <laughs> um, and I'm just but like, "They can be rotten. Let's uh, not kid ourselves." Woo. Yeah. Um, and you know, I. I was just like, how did I get this huge ride and this guy? And it's like, well, I guess I just got to accept it and be thankful for what I had because it's it's been a heck of a ride, you know. I mean, but I was just like, I just can't believe that I gave up everything and again and came so close dancing on the edge. And I was just like, man, I was just like mad. I was just like, I can't believe this. And my phone started burning up and while well, I was teaching and I got to look at it and it was John Cowan. And I was like, oh, class, I got to step out and take this family call real quick and. And I went out there, and he's like, man, I need you to fill in for me. I told this guy I would tour with him, and the doobies are going out in May, and I've got a bunch of stuff going on in my personal life, and I broke my foot, and I can't do it, and you're the only guy that can take my spot. And I'm like, John, I said, are you wanting me to play with the Doobie Brothers? And he goes, no, man, I want you to play with Dave Mason. And I dropped the phone. (laughs) (laughs) And and it was just like, are you serious? And he goes, yeah, do you need to talk to your wife? I said, no, I'm not married. And um, I said, but i got to talk to my daughters. uh, Because I I live in a house with four girls. My oldest daughter's 27, and she's got two girls. And then Jane. So it's a big, you know. Four and seven and seventeen and twenty-seven. Lockdown was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> wow. The house of estrogen. That's a lot of estrogen. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but hey, that's a that's a song lyric. Too. There it yeah, is. Right, right that one. Have you used that one yet? No. 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 We need to make note of that. House of estrogen. Stay, steal, uh, steal, uh, steal that one from right too. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I went and talked to them, and I mean, and Haley is old enough. 
to where she can be the responsible adult and and she's just rocking as a mom and and Jane helps her out so I was just like you know we can do this and I called John back and he said okay well you're going to get an unlisted phone call from Hawaii and just answer it and I said okay and uh there it was and uh and it was Dave you know and he was just the coolest guy in the world and and, and he hired me on the spot with no audition Oh my wow. gosh! Yeah, you wow. know he said if John says you're the guy, I've watched your videos, I've seen your live performances, you got the gig. And I was like, you know, I would make somebody try out <laughs> if you were going to be in my band, and I never you, you would because chemistry, you know, yeah, yeah. chemistry is everything. Wow. And and he's going, no man, John says you're the guy, you're the guy. And he goes, honestly, if we've been playing, you know, Traffic, the band Traffic. Uh, Steve Winwood played bass pedals on the organ. They didn't have a bass player. Yeah. On some recordings they did, but on, on the live stuff they did an organ. And so they've been playing for the last 12 years without a bass player. And they had a keyboard player playing the bass lines on another keyboard. And and they were all just dying to have a bass player. A real bass player. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I would shed it. And I tell you what, I don't get shook very easy. I, I'm pretty... You know, I can play on the Opry. I've sang at Carnegie Hall. You know, it's like I can, I can, I'm okay. I like to burn. I like to get on stage and shine, you know, and, and it shook me. It it shook me bad. I mean, and I called, I called John two weeks later. I said, man, this like isn't just regular classic rock. This is some tough stuff. And I said, you know, did you ever deal with self doubt? And I couldn't sleep. I didn't sleep for like three days. And, and he's like, man, you'll get used to it. Just practice. You got this, man. And I was like, thanks. And he talked me off the ledge, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and and so I had to learn like 21 songs. And and the tour started February 9th at the Ryman. So oh my, oh my gosh, yeah. Ray, <laughs> anywhere but I know. I mean, God, jeez, yeah. man. Goodness well, and the guys gracious. were all like, oh, so hey, you know, we're all excited to play at the Ryman the first time. I was like, yeah, I've played here before. <laughs> yeah, but. Because I played with Jesse McReynolds, who's an Opry member, so I've, I've played at the Opry a lot. Yeah, um, and it was it was kind of funny. It's like, yeah, I got one on you guys, but but it's just an amazing which, which band. Which had to help your psyche a little bit. I, I, was, I didn't bit. know you'd played the, the Ryman before. Yeah. Now, had you not, that uh, would shook me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I would have been able to walk. Uh, when well, I played regardless there, of where you're playing, though, the first uh, the first time is right. still a little, you know. Yeah. Well, and we were playing. We toured with a Marshall Tucker band. Yeah. And um, you know, the first time I played at the Opry, I was nervous. I was playing my best fiddle, and I was out there in the middle in the circle, and and I'm you know watching everybody, and it's like, wow, this is such a historic place, and and it and I was nervous, you know. Yeah. But this time, I had so many songs to learn. Um, he wanted me to play a more traditional bass, so I got an Offender Jazz instead of my modern luthier built cool endorsement Ribsky bass that, that, that he gave me 25 years ago, and I, I am so comfortable on it. So to take that out of my hands was like, oh, I'm playing a two by four now. It's just like, this is awkward. But I, I was just focused on not screwing up, yeah. you know, and yeah. I didn't, I just smiled and danced around like I do, and, and sing high, you know. So where did, where did the tour take you? This is this is kind of the first. Leg we went, of yeah, it, the right? first leg we went. The next night we played um, in Detroit at the Fox Theater, which was just a beautiful theater. Yeah. And then we the next night after that we went straight to Chicago, 
And then we had a night off and, and we went, um, up east. So we went to, um, Connecticut. We went to Jersey. We went to New York. We went to Virginia. We went to DC. Uh, we went, had played a bunch of casinos through Illinois and Indiana and, um, and in the, uh, Cherokee, Tennessee up in the Smoky Mountains. That yeah. Was, yeah. That was a beautiful casino. Um, and then we played in St. Louis and, and, and then the tour went on out to Denver and to Phoenix and Tucson and then, uh, Texas. We had Lubbock and Dallas and Houston. So that well, you guys made a big swing all over the oh North America. My it, goodness. Yeah. And we two are good. I mean, there's seven of us in a sprinter. Dave and his wife travel in the bay, in the bus. <laughs> And, and we're in a sprinter, but I mean, I've got a captain's chair, and it's pretty cool. That means I'm going to sleep in a hotel room, which I'm a, a lot more cool about than yeah. a bunk on a bed and smelling like diesel after a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it's it's been a good way to tour, and the guys in the band are just aces. They're all who's who's. Uh, Johnny, the guitar player, played. Um, he was a member of Firefall. Remember Firefall? Sure. Yes. And he played with Andy Gibb, and he played with um, the VGs a couple times, and that's how he met Dave because Dave hired him up, and he also played with uh, Dion, uh, yeah. the oh, Wanderer, was yeah. Dion and the Belmonts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then the um, the keyboard player Bill Mason, no relation. Um, he played with Eddie Money for like. 15, 20 years. Oh, wow. And then he played with Dave for 10, and he just came back. So he was kind of the old new guy. <laughs> the old new guy. <laughs> yeah, and then Alvino Bennett. is It's so wonderful playing with a drummer again, because bluegrass, the bass is the drums. Right, you know? yeah. And so then this guy was a session cat for Motown. And he also played with the Silvers and a funk disco band called LTD. So, I mean, he had some hits, and... Did a lot of things, and so these guys are all aces, and 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 it's just so fun to play. I and bet. I was not prepared. I knew that Dave was a great songwriter. I knew he was a great singer because you know, um, feeling all right. You know, that's a, what a great song. Yeah, you know, he wrote that when he was eighteen. Oh my gosh! And then we just disagreed. Now he didn't write that, but that's his, that's with his big that's, huge hit. That's his hit. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, and he just sings so good, and he's seventy five, and he's singing great, and. We he just started playing some songs. We practiced in Nashville for four days, and and he he was probably one of the diligent, most diligent band directors I've ever had. But yeah. I mean, it's his reputation on the line, yeah, you know. Yeah, and so his, he his, wanted to his write. Face is on the poster, right? And they're yeah. not going to say, "Man, Dave Mason's bass player sucked." They're going to say, "Dave Mason sucked." Yeah. You know, so yeah. I didn't want that sure. over my head. Don't sure. pin that tail on me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, you know, we rehearsed um, at a place called Soundcheck in Nashville, and, and we were there four days. And we were in small studio first, and then we went to the production room where they fly the system and they put the lights up, and you go through the yeah. emotions, and you figure out what you're going to do and work ideas and plot, you know, stage plot. Sure, walk through. sure. Yeah. Um, and, man, I mean, he worked us from 10, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., and we would eat like around 5. Yeah. And that was it. And, and oh, my gosh. But I, let me tell you, after four days, be in shape. I you? knew those songs. Yeah, <laughs> I knew them good. Go plunk, plunk them out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're um, we're getting. Ready. I leave at the end of this month, and we're going on a West Coast tour, and uh, playing just awesome, awesome venues. Playing in Beverly Hills, I, and uh, playing. I can't even. I mean, there's so many, and we're playing with um, uh, from the Eagles. 
Don Felder. Don Felder. Don Felder, yes. I'm yeah. sorry. Sorry, Don. That's all right. Um, but yeah, we're playing shows with Don, too. And then, yeah. and then we're going to be in Omaha, Nebraska on July the 22nd, and we're playing with Sheryl Crow. Nice. Oh. And that's a free concert with fireworks. Ooh. So, hey. We love Omaha. We, we, Omaha's a my, great place. My oldest daughter went to undergrad at Creighton in Omaha, and so we oh. love Omaha. Yeah, it's a great, fun place. We, it went, is. we, we went up. We went up and saw the new version of uh, Journey up there. Yeah. Oh yeah, did you like that? They, they were, were great. great. Yeah. They put they, on a whale of a show. You know, oh yeah. If the lead Alden, singer can't sing. You you got no Journey. You say, but you this say guy, new, but Alden's been with them for he's probably them now, twelve, fifteen years. Yeah, now. for a while. But uh, he's still the new guy. But yeah, he sounds just showman. like Steve Perry. He sounds just like him, but he's he is a ball of energy. Yeah, he's all and, over the place. You know, they sounded great. They blew the roof off the place. Wow, great concert. And Dave Mason actually opened for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been a few Did years I see ago. Grand Funk on there. Yeah, we're doing some shows with Grand Funk, and um, he just he just says, you know, you never know who's going to show up and want to sit in. You know, he told me, you know, Ringo sits in sometimes, and <laughs> when he plays in L.A., and I'm like. Okay. <laughs> now, what are you going to do when you look over your left shoulder over there, or whatever shoulder, and, you, and there's Ringo sitting there? That why, you talk about freaking Peace out, brother. <laughs> play it cool, you know. Yeah. The one I'll worry about is if, if Paul shows up because uh, I will not play bass with Paul there. So yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Not going to happen. Well, he could be on keyboards and stuff. He still needs. Nobody that. wants to hear me play keyboards anymore, man. It's like banjo. No, I mean, no, Paul, leave that Paul can be on keyboards. Paul oh. does a lot of different stuff too. Yeah, so. I'm not playing Paul's bass lines. <laughs> Between him and James Jamerson, that's like my favorite bass players in the world. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, this has been fun, Ray. We want you to keep in touch with us. Let us know what's going on. We will promote your stuff. Make sure. Thanks um, a lot. Make sure that we get you know uh, web addresses and Instagrams and all that kind of stuff. Because okay. I'm fo- I'm following you on Facebook. I know we're yep, friends. We and, are too. Yeah. And uh, so yep. I know what you're doing. You send some great pictures from the road some good videos so we'll make sure that uh, those are getting passed on so okay thank you for being here hey thanks for having me we're, this not, is a lot we're of fun. not done yet though we're gonna oh. get to the third part of the show <laughs> this is the uh, the fun part although this has always I've been fun thought the rest of it has been pretty it's been fun, very fun but, <laughs> and it's our three top picks and we went off topic this time because you like musical theater i love musical and so theater. you kind of suggested <laughs> some musical theater stuff and uh you know Brad and I do this to ourselves all the time. We get too broad uh, a topic. So we narrowed a little bit down to three top characters from musical theater who were the comic relief. So this isn't a romantic lead or anything like that. So, so it can't be boyfriend and girlfriend? Uh, they could be a pair. And we cheat. You oh, know, okay. If you want to double up, okay. you can do that. But but it's not the romantic leads, you know. It's right. not it's it's uh it's the com it's it's the lighter moments. They have the fun songs that right. are built in to make you laugh. So that's why we're going with three top comic relief characters from musicals. So we start we'll let you go first. Oh we, we do one at a time. One at a time. Well who's your first? The first one comes from my one of my favorite musicals, um, and I always wanted to do it. And I I played Sky Masterson in Guys and Dolls, and that made me realize that I'm more of a singer than an actor. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I've always but, wanted to do Guys and Dolls. I've never. Have I you did. done Guys It's a Guys great and show. No, but I've wanted to do it, and I'm wondering if you're going to say the person I'm thinking of. Who, who are you thinking? Nicely, 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 nicely. nicely. Yeah, yeah. Great choice. What he can steal that show, and oh, it was yeah. Mark. 
Mark Wegman. Mark, Mark Wegman. Wegman was nicely, nicely, yeah. and that, that guy stole that show every night. Oh yeah, you <laughs> sit down, the show. sit down. You're rocking the boat. Is you better. Yeah, it's just that was a it. great song. Yeah. It, is. it is a it is kind of a showstopper show. Sure, it is song in that in it that is. show. Yeah, that's yep. a big chorus. I mean, it's a big choral number with the solo in front of it and stuff. It's yeah, yeah. And great Mark's number. got the pipes. You got to get. Oh man, you got to go up into the stratosphere. On yeah, that yeah. Thing, it's so. a great role. Nicely, nicely is a great role. Good, yeah. pick. good pick. That's good. good. Pick. That's a good one, right out of the out of so the. So one of the things I struggled with on this is not every musical has a comic relief character. Often the lead also provides the comic relief, like you know uh, Dolly and Hello Dolly. She right. is the comic character. Tevya is the comic characters. Not you know. I went with really what I would consider supporting roles that were comic relief. I did too. My my first one is um, William. Barfay from Putnam County Spelling Bee. <laughs> Barfay? 20, yeah, it's the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Now, if you haven't seen this, he's one of the students, but his he's got this bit where he spells, and he's kind of a nerdy character, uh-huh. but he has this technique where he spells the word out on the floor with his foot. <laughs> he visualize, he like visualizes it, and he does it on the floor with his foot, and it is a scream. Wow. But his, his name is spelled B-A-R-F-E-E, and so everybody always calls him Barfy, but he is quick to correct them. It is Barfay, not Barfy. Barfay. So, so I think it's one of the funniest roles. I, you know, I'm too old to, to play it, but it's just, it is a great comic role. Good, good choice. Good choice. Well, mine, mine happens to be a public servant who pretty much hates her job and definitely is not cut out for the uh for the role of which she she the station of life that she she finds herself and of course that is our dear miss hannigan, miss hannigan. from from yeah. Annie. oh yeah uh, it's truly one of it's the other the other that's the other show i've done twice yeah. so yeah but uh I love Miss Hannigan. Poor Miss Hannigan, you know. That's a great role. She, uh, it is a, it's a, it's a show stealer. It's it's awesome a, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to steal a show from a little redheaded orphan girl, but she can do it. Yeah, that's true. I think probably there, I had some real problems with that movie because they, they just screwed up so bad on that movie. Except for the casting of Miss Hannigan. Except for Miss Hannigan. Miss Hannigan was, Carol was yeah. awesome. It's it's well, a favorite of mine. Miss Hannigan's yes. a great choice. Yeah. All right, Ray. What do you got for number two? Okay, this is from a more obscure musical that a lot of people don't know, but you guys would obviously. Um, from Little Abner, Eagle Eye Flegel. Eagle Eye Flegel. Yeah. The Whammy. I thought you might say Jubilation Tea Corn Pone. Oh, yeah. Although the, or Mary and Sam. There's a lot of comic relief characters in Little Abner. Mary yeah. and Sam is strong, and I thought yeah. about him yeah. for a while. But, yeah. Yeah. Eagle Eye Flea. Have you, have you done the show? Have you? No, just, my yeah. sister was Daisy May in okay. high school, so okay. I watched it every single night. Yeah, so you know it well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. So my, my number two is um, Patsy from Spamalot. <laughs> Now in the <laughs> did did we double on that? Brad? No, no. All right, right, so but I was, Patsy, I was from, in it. Patsy was, is yeah. the yeah. Patsy is the guy, the little uh, surf that follows the king around with the coconut. He's the coconut guy. Clip, 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 clap, clip, clap, clip, clap, clip, clap. And he, but not only does he do that in the show, they do this. One of the great he, he sings. Always look on the bright side. Mm-hmm. Patsy's the one who sings that song. Great song. 
Yep. But he does this number as a backup to King Arthur called I'm All Alone, All By Myself. And Patsy's <laughs> like, I'm here. You're not alone, sir. I'm, I'm with you. And the, the king is lamenting, I'm all alone, all by myself. And it's hilarious. It's just a good, you're not alone, sir. I'm, it, hey, I'm here. It's funny. So I think Patsy's a great comic relief character. Plus, it it's birthed out of Monty Python and the Holy well, Grail. And you sure, know, right. can't go wrong with that. Yeah. So. Um, my second one is um, I cheated because I think there are three actually in this in this uh show that make it um for the producers you yes. you got to go with with Franz Liebkin and you got yeah. and you know what and Uma no. I thought yeah there's Uma yeah, there's countless and of course Carmen Gia who <laughs> is not a big part <laughs> but you just got to yeah Carmen that, Gia that shows loaded with them yeah yeah that shows loaded with them and in fact, there's another example of how the two leads are actually the comic relief too. Yeah, you know, Bialystok and Bloom. All right, Ray. Oh, my turn. You know, it's really hard to come up with one more because I have two more. You can do. You can do an honorable mention. We do those okay. all the time. All right. Well, the one that I think that everybody forgets about is Max from The Sound of Music. He's, he's presto changeo. You know, and he had those little one-liners that would just yeah. Now this is the stage show of The Sound of Music. That song that he and the Countess do. That's like basically the message is, "Hey, the Nazis are okay." You know, this, yeah. it'll be all right. We're not, let's not worry about the Nazis. You know, it's, it's like what a horrible song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> leave that one on the yeah, floor. Yeah. They left that, that out of the movie. I noticed. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They yeah. cut that one out of the movie. <laughs> Probably yeah. a good call. Yeah, but Max is a, he's a lovable character. He certainly. is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my other one, and it's from Kiss Me Kate, the, the two gangsters. Um, the brush, brush up, up your Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Oh, great number. Yeah, that's, that's those, a show stealer. Yeah, it is. That's a show stealer. That's a great show. Yeah, it is. I've been wanting to do that one for a long time. But I you love get, Howard Gill. You, Man, get, that's... <laughs> you, you get Shakespeare and you get musical theater together. Yeah. So yeah. I love it. Good choice. Good choice. My third one, I'll do my honorable mentions first. One of them was Miss Hannigan, although she certainly deserves to be top three. But my other honorable mention is Amos in Chicago, Mr. Cellophane. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Good so, job. Yep. And I would love to, I'd love to do that. I can sing that song. I would love to do that number. I think it's a great number, Mr. Yeah. Cellophane. Our musical director did that. Over uh, Capital City Players, Dave Baker played. Was he Mr. Cellophane? Was yeah. he famous? Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that was a role he played. Yep. Um, but I always liked that. I always loved that role. And then the other honorable mention is, it's not really an honorable mention. It's a standalone. It's one of those that really doesn't deserve to be in this category because it's a, it's a, and that's Luther Billis from South Pacific. Oh. And, you know, all you have to say is coconut bra and grass skirt and <laughs> yeah. a tattoo of a ship on your stomach and you're good to go. Uh, and I was fortunate <laughs> enough to play that role a couple of times, so I'm kind of partial to it, but. That role is the reason I quit doing high school musicals. <laughs> <laughs> They thought it'd be great to be in there, and as a 16-year-old boy, I was like, I ain't wearing that. No. Oh, man. No, I was. I didn't have that problem. It was, uh, uh, it was, it was great. But, good choices. Um, but my, my final one is, is Ado Annie from Oklahoma. It's 
more than just she's a fun character, but she was risque for the time that was written. The song I can't I can't, I'm can't just say a girl no. Who can't yeah. say no. All or nothing, you know. Suppose there should be a third one. He better look. She better look a lot like me. Yeah, you know they're flirting with double entendres there yeah. that are. Way beyond that, uh, the norm for, for those, for Rogers and Hammers for the 50s, yeah. for the 50s, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, um, she was pushing the envelope. I like yes, Ado Annie. And she's just a, I think it's just a fun, fun character. So. Well, I had her too. Did I you? had her as an Did honorable we mention. On that? Okay. Yeah. The other one that you and I talked about too, though, is, uh, and they're going to be doing it here for Little Theater is, uh, Annie, get your gun. Yes. Oh, and, yeah. uh, Sitting Bull has got some of the best lines. No put money in show business. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. He's, he's good. Uh, there's a lot of them in that show too. Yeah. yeah there's, oh, yeah. There's a lot in that show. Um, all right. What's your, my what third you? one is, um, from, uh, Either a you love it or you hate it uh, musical, which is Pippin. Uh, Granny, I think, has one of the great songs of all time. I love, I love Granny's song. I love the message. I think she's funny, and I just she's kind of a comic relief. And it's it's a chance, you know, they do the sing along part with uh, everybody that's in the audience, and so I just love that song. Oh, it's time to start living she says i believe if i refuse to grow old i'll remain young till i die which i think is a great which i think is a wonderful wonderful line it's kind of words to live by yeah yeah well, good category. Right. Though. Any, any other honorable mentions? Anybody? I think we hit most of them. Those are good. Yeah, those yeah. are great. They're they're endless. Uh, all right. Well, we're gonna have you back. Yeah. Okay. When you, when you get back <laughs> off the road, we'll yeah. uh, we'll find you because uh, we want to hear your your latest we latest stories. You. And I we will track you and down. You've and, all, and, we'll and you've already you. teased us that you've got a couple of the projects yeah, coming out. We want to so keep will those in touch. Be, will those be out out there after you, by the time you get through with the tour maybe he gr- <laughs> grinning on a podcast His doesn't work very well right just you're gonna not- have to wait okay but uh we'll wait. yeah just, and I, i'll be back um around thanksgiving so we're gonna end up the tour in hawaii that's terrible that's just <sighs> awful. horrible oh my yeah. gosh to see the world and end in hawaii yeah there wow. you go well, Ray, thanks for being here. This was a lot of fun. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And we have uh, loved it. It's Bobby Vance, thank you again for joining us. Thank you, Bobby Vance, Mister Inlow. Till we drink again. Cheers. Cheers. Aloha. We like that too. Is produced as a labor of love for the enjoyment of Bon Vivants everywhere. To get information about our bottles and links to our guests, go to our website, welikethatpodcast.com. Tune in to new episodes by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. Please remember to rate, review, and share. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Like That Podcast. So everybody, hey, remember the numbers. One bottle, two good friends, and three top picks because we We like like that that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too, we like that too.